Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. For those of you who have been paying close attention to Basic Income News recently, you may have seen that the California Democratic Party in their annual convention actually included language around basic income in their policy platform as an idea that they support. This is the first time that basic income has been included in the Democratic platform in California. And the person who is largely responsible for this happening uh, is joining us today. So please welcome Rocky Fernandez, Region 5 Director for the California Democratic Party. Uh, Welcome, Rocky. Happy to be here. So to start, could you just describe what the party platform is and why it's important? So the party platform is a statement of values and policy positions that is created over a long process, takes several months, uh, but really is kind of, like I said, the value statement for the party and what we believe in so that, you know, people that are coming in and have curiosity, especially younger, new voters uh, who might not know what the different parties stand for, they can read this and, and realize that this is what we believe in and, and, you know, hopefully you should join our efforts. And for the party of the people, it was especially exciting this year because we've added so many new things. And I think we uh, were kind of inspired by what happened in the 2016 national platform, which was very contentious. And uh, you saw two kind of warring sides with really close votes over small little uh, differences, but big policies that that a lot of us believe that the party should be uh, supporting. So I think that kind of gave us a kickstart for our process. We are a more progressive, uh, we are more progressive, I would say, than the national organization. And I think this document really shows it. So I imagine that most of our listeners really have probably almost no familiarity what the process actually looks like to create a party platform to add something to it. So could you just walk us through what were the steps involved here? How did this all happen? So the the process, uh, like I said, takes several months. It actually started last August uh, with the initial, well, they had to form the committee. So the, the chairman of the party names people who apply to be on the platform committee. Those names are selected and then co-chairs are appointed, then they start their work. And what they do is they take the previous platform, and we, we approve these every two years at a state convention, and kind of look at what they like, what they don't like. Uh, they start to do field hearings throughout the state of California. I believe they did four of them starting in August and throughout the, the uh, late summer, early fall. Uh, those of us who are regional directors also used our region meetings to serve as kind of information uh, basis for these. And we also took uh, testimony, if anybody had any, nobody showed up ready to testify with anything, Uh, but it kind of got people starting to think about this. Most of us hadn't read the platform from two years before, uh, necessarily even see uh, what was in there. So it kind of got us kickstarted on that. Um, And then after several months of taking testimony, uh, there was a final deadline, which got myself and a lot of others kind of kickstarted to to finally get around to to writing the things in November. Uh, there was an exec state party executive board in Millbrae there where they took final testimony uh, on any ideas people had. Uh, and then shortly over the next two months, people spent a lot of their holidays on, on conference calls going through the different items. And there's something like 20, 30 different platform areas, and all the different uh, committee members got assigned to do a few different issue areas. Uh, they chat on conference calls because they're all over the state uh, and then come up with 
uh, proposed platform language that was published in January. Uh, and back then, I was I was kind of shocked to see that uh, universal basic income was called out specifically all on its own. Uh, and then they, what they do is go through and do a um, they do another round of testimony based off of the draft platform. Um, all the the folks that I mentioned before have their uh, second round of conference calls to take all the final testimony. Uh, a lot of it's just tweaking language here or there. Um, and then finally, they, they published a final draft about a week and a half before the convention. Finally, uh, it is a very long process. Sorry if I'm boring anybody. But once you get to the convention, uh, and, and Owen and, and Jim were both uh, there for part of it, you got to see that they go through section by section and take some of the testimony that was submitted last second. Uh, they say yes or no, we're going to accept it. And a lot of it has to do with wordsmithing, um, which can be a little bit contentious depending on what the topic is. Uh, and then finally, the committee approves it and sends it to the floor of the convention. And uh, that was that was approved like with an easy thumbs up. But it's a lot of hard work, a lot of wordsmithing. And uh, I'm sure from what I heard, hundreds and thousands of different ideas submitted to get to a final product. So throughout all these conference calls and meetings and, and what have you, what was your pitch for basic income to the party? I actually had submitted a much, much broader platform here. I'm going to read it real quick for you. My suggested plank language was support a universal basic income program that lifts all Californians out of poverty, ensures a fair share of the economy's bounty to all, allows people to escape exploitive or abusive workplaces and living conditions, protects all Californians amidst rapid changes in the workplace, raises health and education outcomes, places economic power in the hands of workers, and fulfills one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s final campaigns. Now, that got whittled down to the party supports a universal basic income, <laughs> efforts to pass a universal basic income. That's fine. I, I uh, made it as flowery and, and tried to hit as many progressive points as I could. And I submitted that the day before the deadline to submit it. The next evening, I went to the state party executive board uh, and they were taking audio testimony. And I basically made the case there that uh, we need to do this because there's a very conservative version of the universal basic income that just cuts off all programs whatsoever uh, and just cuts everybody a check. And, you know, we turn our backs on folks. And I said, no, we need to be in front of this. So it is progressive. And then it's in addition to a lot of the, the key programs that we think really help people uh, as, as the economy continues to change. So that was my initial language. Sorry if I didn't hit all the question, but... Uh, I think you yeah. hit it all and more. <laughs> I also submitted probably like two dozen links to articles and, and different reasons why we all support the universal basic income, you know, in case anybody needed to uh, have a couple extra reasons why. And I have no idea if they read all those things. But I do know that there were a few folks on the, I had submitted it to the, you know, fighting poverty platform because, you know, morally, I think that's the, the best reason to do this. But there were a few folks who were really pushing. I, I know I wasn't the only one who, who submitted the idea, I'm told, but they were trying to put it in the business platform. And I just didn't think that that was necessarily the right place for it. So you gave us a few examples of, of some of the specific interactions, but what kind of reception did you get when you were talking to different folks in the party about the policy? Well, I think I'm surprised that compared to three years ago where I'd go to state party conventions and uh, I'd be talking about the universal basic income. You know, I would go to the Progressive Caucus and I, like I was, you know, speaking a foreign language. Uh, since then, I think there's been a lot of movement on a lot of different fronts, thanks to 
to you guys and I think the overall effort of, of people spreading the word and a lot of good press, it's been more and more received by party leaders, especially by activists who are starting to understand, yeah, this is an imperative. Uh, there's some, you know, I would say, especially in the labor community who are, I, I say, I understand their arguments that they don't want tech companies just writing us a check because they exploit us and use our data and so forth. And others think that it's just disrespectful of work and minimum wage laws and all the things that people are putting hard work into. Uh, but I think the the counter to that is, you know, right now we need to be empowering people. And, and if you're in the labor movement, uh, you shouldn't see this as an enemy of the work that you're doing. You should see it as one of your strongest allies. I mean, the way that so many union organizing drives get killed is by putting economic fear into people and sure economic terror. So they vote no so they can keep their paychecks. Whereas I think, you know, if people had a universal basic income, it would be the best strike fund imaginable because it wouldn't go away no matter what. And people could tell an exploitive boss or people that thought they were making less than they're worth, yes, like I do deserve this and, and know that they're still going to be able to pay their bills, you know, at the end of the day. So I, I've been trying to make that case with as many labor leaders or other leaders who think we should have a like a job guarantee is another big thing. And that's actually in the, the plank now, along with universal basic income. But saying, hey, like you can do all those things too, but making sure we eliminate poverty, set that floor for people has to be our, our moral, you know, priority here. Yeah, I was actually in the platform committee room while uh, when basic income came up, there was a, a labor leader who was making some of those same points. And the platform committee itself, you, you said, you know, people are starting to get on board with this. Three different people spoke up in favor of basic income and fought to keep it in. So what does this mean, basic income being in the party platform? What does it mean for the possibility of maybe enacting an actual basic income in California? Well, the last time uh, you know, I got to sit in on one of these podcasts was with my, my boss, Senator Bob Wykowski, who introduced the climate dividends bill last year. And unfortunately, it didn't pass. We got a different cap and trade bill. But I think that the key that's happened now is well, over the last two years, there was an effort by a lot of progressives to force people who are seeking the Democratic Party endorsement to sign off that they will do the things in the platform. And that also, through a lot of negotiation, because there's not, not everybody in the Democratic Party wants to follow every plank, okay, uh, kind of got brought down to the notion that you have to check off when you apply for the endorsement that you have read the Democratic Party platform. Uh, and that's actually kind of a big deal because they're busy people and it's a lengthy document. But now people are going to have to read through that. And I think everybody is, is very much concerned with poverty, uh, poverty elimination. And they're going to see that that program is in there, that universal basic income is in there. And uh, that word, you know, those three words haven't been combined in the platform as, as far as I know, uh, along with any other platform. Uh, you know, maybe except for Hawaii is making a lot of strides on, on economic insecurity. So I think now they're going to have to read it. Now, if there are efforts to try to put cash in people's hands, we can go with the authority and saying, look, it's in our platform to do this. It's the right thing. The activists want it. So let's get moving on these things. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it really seems like to a large degree, it's going to be up to basic income advocates to, to make this mean something significant. Um, I, I'm curious, I mean, you just gave one example of what we can be doing to 
get more of our candidates for office to at least be aware of it. Do you have other thoughts on what we can or should be doing that, that might make this change have a bigger impact? Yeah, I think, uh, I think especially right now, there's, there's a strong effort to try to make a big change in Congress. And I would say right now, I think there's a, a threat that progressives are feeling that there's not a big platform that we're running on and, and big ideas that we're running on. And we're just kind of running against the president but not really trying to help people's economic challenges. So I think going to the Nancy Pelosi's of the world and all of our Congress members and wannabe Congress members, the, the numerous candidates that are running uh, nationwide and say, hey, look, this is a big, bold idea that we think sells. I think I saw last week or maybe earlier this week that you know the, uh, the number of people that polls are saying is rising, especially among younger people who want this and and get it? I think we need to start making this, you know, raising it up the ranks and quickly, so that we get some of our uh, our folks who are running this year talking about this issue, because there is still a reluctance uh, among I think a lot of progressives are trying to play it safe and not talk about these big issues. But I don't I don't see how we're going to make a lot of progress otherwise in in actually solving people's challenges. So I think yeah, and I, I think there's that, and I think. We need to start work, continue to work with with some of our uh, our progressive leaders out there. I think there's another big thing that happened at the convention uh, that is worth saying, and that is Stockton Mayor Michael Tubbs on Sunday morning got up to uh, to give his speech, and he actually used the words "universal basic income" on the stage of the Democratic convention. And uh, once again, another I think first uh, in all the conventions I've been to. So that's a huge deal, and we need to make sure that that is successful. There's already people trying to attack it and say, well, you know, it's going to lead to bad outcomes and just be really ready to counteract that. Anytime we see in the press, someone trying to, to say this hasn't worked or it won't work. Well, let's make, let's try it. Let's make sure it does work and be there to uh, push back on some of the more uh, anti-UBI forces I think that are out there. Awesome. Uh, that's all we had to ask you. Is there anything else you want to add? I think there's a lot of people that are out there, and, and like I say, Jonathan Abood is is one of the people who uh, is actually on that plank of the platform committee. He, because they do all this stuff via conference call and it's not open to the public, uh, he was the first one to actually publicize that on Facebook, I think, and, and I was shocked and happy. Uh, I'm glad we're Facebook friends now. Um, and I think we're going to, there's a bunch of us that would, like continue to make this a big deal within the party. I think uh, a lot of people scoff that the platforms don't matter, people are going to run on their own, but it really winds up, what are you going to do afterwards? How are you going to inform people and hold people accountable to that platform? And uh, I'm excited to uh, be a part of that, and uh, I know there's more folks who are now getting ready for, uh, since I think we've sold a lot of people on the idea, and I I look forward to working with, with you guys and, and everyone else to to do the, the hard kind of grinding it out thing around that. The other thing I would say is, is uh, that gives me some hope is the Citizens Climate Lobby has been working really hard to get a, a bipartisan Climate Solutions Caucus together who are talking about climate dividends, which I think a lot of us think are a great way to, to fund this idea. And more and more people keep, and they only sign on a Democrat if a Republican signs on, and they continue to grow. So I think the idea of cash grants to people is 
is sinking in more and more. I know the young Republicans even came out with a support of a climate dividend plan a couple of days ago. So it doesn't just have to be a democratic thing. I think this is a, a moral thing and it's a, an economic thing that, that we need to continue to organize for. That was Rocky Fernandez, Region 5 Director for the California Democratic Party. Really exciting to see major political parties of you know, the biggest state in the union getting behind this. I think it's a huge step. Yeah, and I think to Rocky's point, if you compare where we were just a couple years ago to now, the difference is just massive. I, I remember talking to people back in 2015 about basic income and it just being considered such a fringe idea and to go from that to this actually being in the party platform in just a couple of years, it's a big, big step forward. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, if I was in a basic income conversation, it was because I started it and now I hear it all over the place. Uh, and yeah, Rocky brought up single payer being at the, the convention. That was pretty much a litmus test for any candidate. It was a real talking point against any candidate who wasn't all about single payer and pretty much everyone was. And it just shows you that you can progress pretty far on these things pretty quickly because uh, it was only a few years ago that single payer seemed kind of unrealistic. And I think that takes us back to, to the point at the end, which is this means as much as we make it mean. Right. That being in the platform, I think <laughs> you go back a couple years, who even knew what was in the DNC platform? But because of very intentional efforts around the platform's crafting in, in 2016, it suddenly became a much bigger deal and, and drove conversation. And I think we are we, we could be at a very analogous moment right now with the California Democratic platform as far as can we actually take that and use it to really push Democrats to actually truly aim for big progressive ideas. Yeah, and my hope is that it puts the burden of proof on the skeptics because now it's got the institutional support of the party on this official way. And so, you know, hopefully people who are running on basic income or who are just trying to amplify it can point to the platform and say, look, this is the, the California Democratic Party supports this. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see what we can make happen. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to the Basic Income Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davidson. Please tell your friends about the podcast. We always love to spread the word and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Music